Welcome to Fluency with Dr. Darrell Cooper. I am your host, Dr. Darrell Cooper. Fluency is a show where we will talk about things that come to mind. This show is a unscripted. I mean, it can't be fluency and we have trouble talking about different things, right? So thank you so much for joining us. Sit back and enjoy this audio experience. All right, so we are we are rolling, rolling. Here we go. Well, welcome to another episode of Fluency. And today I couldn't be more thrilled than to be joined by the goddess herself, the one, the only, the amazing Lisa Yancey, the architect of the Thrivability Report on Fluency. How are you, Lisa? I am well, blushing uh, from that really incredible and generous introduction. Um, but I am, I am well. I'm wonderfully well. I can't complain about a thing. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for agreeing to come on. I mean, I've I've wanted to have you on for a while. Um, you know, in, in some ways, fluency would not be fluency without. Uh, having Lisa Yancey on it and and all the things that you've contributed. Um, I guess let's, let's start with this. Uh, I know I love you <laughs> and I want people to understand why I love you so much. Uh, with that, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Lisa Yancey origin story. Tell us about uh, your background. Uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, and what was it like? What was it like for you as a, as a young Lisa? Well, I can't talk about an origin story for Lisa Yancey without naming and bringing in my grandmother, Louise Fields. Um, I don't think we can talk about any origin of anything without naming the ancestors and those who were there to a part of your upbringing. Um, But Louise Fields, whom I'm grateful to bring into this conversation by name, who's also now an ancestor, named me Lisa. (laughs) So there would be no Lisa Yancey without Louise Fields saying, Lisa, I was the first child um, born on both my mom and my dad's side. And so I was the first grandchild. And thus my official name uh, has nine people in it. And in that official name, Lisa's not one of them. (laughs) The power and beauty of a Black woman, (laughs) grandmother, who's like, I'm going to call her Lisa anyway. And that is the, that is the name that sticks. So Louise Fields, who um, was, is basically, my mother was Ma and, my, and Louise Fields was Mama. Uh, and growing up, um, I tribute her first and honor her first. Uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I am, uh, I was in Atlanta. I'm a Grady baby. Anybody who knows Atlanta knows what that really means. So I'm really from Atlanta, not in any deals, not outside of it, like straight up inside the perimeter. Uh, I was in Atlanta through uh, college. I'm the eldest of seven. Uh, I am the, the, I come from a a family where uh, my grandmother, Louise Fields, had 12 kids. And so I grew up around people. I grew up around family. I I grew up, our family was a community (laughs) in and of itself. Um, There are like scores of cousins uh, just on my mom's side um, from 
Atlanta. I stayed in Atlanta through the Olympics, which is in 1996, then moved to Boston and went to law school. Uh, and then moved to New York, which is now over 20 years ago. I cannot believe it. Uh, I would say if I say at least an origin story, uh, I am, you know, I'm the product of a lot of love, a lot of rigor, a lot of ideas shared, a lot of ideas unlearned, <laughs> um, a lot of people who have held me and pushed me and hold me. And so um, I am an extension of others. And um, part of the thing that I believe that I was born with, I was a born, I was a born dancer. I was a born choreographer. I think the work that I do in strategy um, is choreography in all the ways. It is a dance. It is movement. It is creation. It is thinking through how we communicate in other modalities outside of our voice and how we envision something and bring it into manifestation. I think entrepreneurship is a part of who I am because it's choreography. It is dance. It is all the things. And I think the transferability, um, even at law school, I'm a member of the New York Bar, but law school, the discipline that I got out of dance was the discipline that was necessary for that level of rigor um, in the academy. And so um, I think origin of Lisa includes dance, includes choreography. So. That's so beautiful the way you, you paint that together. Um, it's making me think, you know, I'm, I'm ready for the book. Yeah, I know that's not part of it, but I'm ready. I'm ready for the book and I'm, I'm ready to, to write a forward or at least uh, an endorsement for it. So whenever, whenever you ready for it, let me know. Cause I, the world needs it. I appreciate you. I love you back, by the way. <laughs> you like, I'm busy right now. <laughs> You're like, what's the deal? You know, it's making me think of um, uh, Majora Carter. She just wrote uh, her first book, uh, you know, very busy, but it's like the, you know, it helps when the deal is already there and it's like, yeah. okay, now here it is. Now just try to find some time to do it. Like yeah. that, that part helps, especially when you're already very busy. Um, well, kind of speaking to that, you know, we are living in a very interesting time. There's so many different things going on. And part of the reason why I really wanted to have you on the show is to get your perspective on like some of you know, what's happening today. Um, and in some ways, in some ways we are seeing uh, black women winning, right? Um, you know, we, we just had the first uh, Supreme Court justice uh, that was a black woman. Uh, we still have our first black woman uh, in the White House in a, in a presidential role, right? Uh, vice presidential, but a presidential role nonetheless. But at the same time, we still have or we're still dealing with the fallout of Breonna Taylor. Uh, Sandra, do we do we know who killed Sandra Bland? Um, talk about bringing the ancestors into the space. So, you know, being, a, you know, being a black woman in this time, you know, we have there's the wins, but then there's also the losses. And how are, how are you sort of navigating this time and space and, and this energy? Mm -hmm. When you were, as you were formulating that question, um, Darrell, I was thinking about my kitchen cabinet. Oh. My kitchen cabinet includes Audre Lorde. It includes Ida B. Wells. It includes Harriet Tubman. It includes Polly Murray. It includes um, 
Mary Church Terrell, it includes Ella Baker. It includes primarily, not exclusively because there's James Baldwin, Black women that I go to. And I think about time. I'm like, every time was a trying time for Black people on this continent <laughs> who, who, who were brought here on the balance sheet. And so um, I'm mindful of that so that I don't get caught up into believing in the exception that um, this moment is exceptional, that individuals are exceptional. Um, We are all descendants of the greatest (laughs) people who survived all kinds of trauma. We are here because we survived. And that we is such a big populist we. And I think, I think, yes, to all the the firsts and stuff. And I think, yes, to all the um, the visibility of Black women. But I behold that Black women has always been exceptional in the populist way, not in the singular way. And that our mere existence um, is proof of, of that, of that, durability of that resolve, of that love, of that joy, of that defiance. Um, I think about, and so when I lead in that, when I think about this time and I think about what my contribution is, because I am one of many, I am one of many, we are one of we. And when we recognize we are one of we and not the I and just the me, then we recognize that we are contributing to making something better, contributing to the total story um, that will be the legacy story of our history. Uh, we're contributing to something that's bigger than ourselves, and each of us are. And some of us may have more visibility in different platforms, um, but everyone has a role. And whether it's the role of Louise Fields, <laughs> who named me in defiant of all of the other stuff that was happening and reared 12 kids and really began to create the, a first-generation college, right, that allowed for me to be a second-generation college, right, that that's that's part of the generations of work. And um, I, I, it's not to, to move away from the greatness that we get to see in this moment, um, but I believe there's been greatness in every moment. I, I believe there's been defiance in every moment. I believe there's been love. I believe there's been revolution. I believe there's been resolve. I believe there's been showing up and feeding the need, solving, sacrificing as well as um, imagining and innovating and creating. And I think that if I were to offer something for the listeners, I think if we hold that it's not the exception, that it's actually all of us and that we are taking and we continue to take pieces of that to move things forward and realize that we are a part of a bigger ecosystem of we, then we can recognize and say, absolutely. And do you know? And do you know? And do you know? And so the conversation would be wouldn't be um, about Judge Jackson and, and then Breonna Taylor or uh, Michelle Obama and then Sandra Bland. It's the all like we are inextricably linked. And when we find our linkages, our our bindness, as Lilla Watson talked about, when we realize that we're bound, you recognize that you're playing a role in a bigger story. And that when you recognize you're playing a role in the biggest story, you don't get consumed so much by the the little moments, 
because you know that you're part of something that has generations, that has centuries, that has centuries to come in the making, that we're in this time contributing our piece of a piece of time as others before us contribute their piece in a piece of time. So I, I hold time, I hold time in that space and gratitude in that space. And also when I feel like, what the hell? I know that there were some other people, other black women who said, what the hell? And I know that I'm ringing true. I'm saying true in that moment. So, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, what, what must have Harriet thought? I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a use my instincts, my intuition on astrology That's right. uh, to navigate my freedom. That's right. And, you know, to you, you talk about being guided by the ancestors and that, you know, just listening in to your response, um, it's, it's making me think, you know, how, how do you find balance? How does Lisa find balance amongst work, uh, family, friends, um, you know, how do, how do you do it? I mean, you know, I saw, I did see the extended vacay, uh, recently. <laughs> I'm sure that's one way, uh, but like, how, how, how do you do it? You know, with, with everything that's going on, because is, you know, this is, I mean, we still, this is insanity in a lot of ways too, yeah. you know, what, what we're forced to deal with just as like black people navigating time and space yeah. and, and time and space continuum. Yeah. Like, how do you find balance? I think I let go of the idea of trying to find balance a long time ago and trying to find being, right? Because this notion of balance, it, it was like, it was like a, like I was setting myself up for failure every single time because it's, I believe it's a false notion as, as if it was static, like balance is not static, right? So those ratios of what constitutes the right amount of time for self, the right amount of time for family, the right amount of time for friends, the right amount of time for your ambition. Our whole bodies change every single day. Seasons change every single day. So balance as a static state, um, I, I realized that it, it set me up for a narrative and a filter that allowed me to feel disappointed. of like, I can't get it. I, you know, I, I can't do the three hours here and four hours there. What I realized that it, if I find staying true to my being, what I what I need in that moment, and sometimes what I need in that moment may actually be deep in the work for that moment to get that thing out. Sometimes I need my girls and I find them. Sometimes I need to show up and be present for my nieces and nephews when they call, no matter what I'm doing. And so when I lead in being present to the being in a, in a tit not han kind of way of like, you are here and let go of trying to prescribe to ratios that are constructed, that are not even that that may may not be the right fit for for my life and, and, and narrative. I think the equilibrium shows up. <laughs> I think it shows up by default because you get to be where you are. And in that being, you know, and I, I and it may sound I don't want it to sound like it's an easy thing. It's an active thing. It's an active of like letting go of that narrative and be like, you know what? Others may need may need something else as long as they're giving themselves what they need in their being in that moment. What I need in this moment is X, or what I need in this moment is Y, and being able to to get up from it and saying, I'm I'm going to give that to myself. Um, that's how I that's how I navigate it, and I also don't hold 
I take the four agreements with me. So um, Miguel Ruiz's four agreements. And one of the things in those agreements is, is, is basically, I paraphrase it. It's like, you, you can't believe the good stuff or the bad, right? Like can't just, can't just not believe the bad, but also believe the good. Like none of it is true because none of it has anything to do with you. And when you let go of others' narratives of like, wow, you're doing a lot or how can you do this? That's, that's a, that's a perception that is within a frame that has nothing to do with your frame, right? Then you can sit in the being of it and you can know that whomever is communicating that is coming from wherever place they're coming from. It could be love. It could be fear. It could be a whole bunch of stuff. Um, You don't have to get wrapped up in it. And I think that that allows for stuff like what you referenced when I went to Mauritius uh, for three months because I needed to be in a different environment. I still work. <laughs> it wasn't vacation. Um, but then when you know that you're being, you don't look for these artificial moments to be, if that makes sense. Like I don't vacate in June or vacate in August. I vacate when my body needs to vacate or I work when my body needs to work or my mind mostly needs to work or my passions for change is driving me to work. Whatever those, those stimulus areas are, you can do that in different places. Um, and I think that's how my being gives balance. Oh, thank you so much for that. And thank you for bringing the four agreements part into this too. Um, you know, along with don't take things personally, the other part that I find it personally, um, more and more increasingly difficult to do is to be impeccable with your word on the on the on the surface it sounds like oh of course right but the more you talk (laughs) yes right and and especially because you know people and and this is kind of you know leading into the next question but you know as as you start to elevate you know as you grow as you you know put out more content as you put out more research as you uh, build up your clientele what you see is increasingly people are, you know, reaching out for you, for your, your expertise to, for your knowledge, for your lived experience. Um, and so being, you're being impeccable with your word, more words are, are coming just because of the amount of, you know, people that are coming at you as well. Um, how do you navigate like that? Uh, being impeccable with your word piece, um, especially as, as uh, like this growth and all these different opportunities and stuff happen for you. This, so this question is kind of like for the entrepreneurs and stuff that'll be listening. Yeah. Well, really it's for anyone. It's really for anyone, but uh, I just know you popping right now. So how are you <laughs> grounded in that? That's really what the question is. I love this question. And thank you for um, bringing language to, to at least two of those agreements. Um, don't take it personally and be impeccable with your word. I mean, just that right there. Uh, being impeccable with your words roots in one of um, yes consulting's I would say like a manifesto uh, which is you know holding rigor and love and the way that we hold the impeccability uh, is, is is around both the rigor which is the diligence the, the research the clarity the unpacking the questioning the resistance to groupthink the um, creating space and agency for everyone to not only have voice, but um, have power and influence on what kinds of decisions that gets made. But that all happens still in love, right? And so we can have healthy debate. We can have and unpack curiosity. 
that may be um, polar um, at first glance. We can have all of that and still hold that impeccability to word, to analysis, to to, to um, offerings, to rethinking, all of that. So I, I really love this. I love this question because I love words. <laughs> um, part of the the love of words is, and I'm a I am a voracious reader. I, one of my favorite things in the world to do is learn. I, I'm a, I am a profound nerd. I love being a nerd. I'm always been a nerd. And I'm so glad when nerds became sexy. <laughs> I, well, me, me too. Okay. <laughs> I can go down the rabbit hole of learning, like eating chocolate, dark chocolate, sea salt chocolate with like crystals of caramel nougats in it. Um, and so I like the idea of impeccability with our word. And as you named, um, we, and so it's not just me. Uh, I am, I am one of we, I, I believe that and live that. Um, it's never just a me thing. Uh, we are growing and in that growth, it, it, um, forces us to reinforce what our values are, where we say no and where we say yes, why we say no why we say yes, what's our shared understanding around that so that the the kind of um, the river of invitations, interest, curiosity, idea that comes at you, you realize actually you don't have to take it all. You, you know it's what's the yes and what's the no and what's the movement. That helps. Um, I think that one other area I'll name in the question of impeccable with my word is recognizing that we have to give grace to our growth recognizing that my word is not just my word. My word is built upon ideas that have been shared with me in all of that, all that reading I was talking to, but also the storytelling from my grandmothers, from my great grand, from my father, um, from the person on the corner, from my neighbor, right? Like all of those things influence us and giving grace for evolving, learning, hearing something new. Um, also giving grace for, um, being able to hold and have healthy debate. I don't think that muscle is worked enough. I think we believe that uh, contrary um, or difference of, of, of views means that we can't be in the same space. Audre Lorde talks about we haven't built around enough knowledge of difference and that we try to look for just the alike but not stay in the and the discomfort that becomes comfortable because you recognize, I still love you, but we're having the debate that we need to have for the better idea to emerge. And I don't think that we do that enough. And we do that within um, within our company. And I, and I would say for entrepreneurs, of which I am one, I believe I was born that. I think that's part of dance, quite frankly, too. It translates in different ways. Um, I think the impeccability of our words and holding grace for um, evolution and hearing different things, but also standing firm where you know that where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be, despite what others say. Um, that impeccability um, allows for malleability, right? Like impeccability doesn't have to be rigid. It really is actually being agile and knowing where you anchor and where you root and being able to lean on that and have at least a cabinet living and ancestral that you can lean on to filter um, through that helps. That certainly helps me in my impeccability with my words and my actions. 
I'm, I'm, thank you so much for that. And yeah, I'm just giving grace to your growth. I love that, that uh, terminology, that saying. And, you know, you, you also talked about something that I think, I, I guess it comes with being impeccable with your word, but also don't take things too personally. Too often, like when if we get criticized or, or well, you know, I won't even say criticism because criticism can kind of have a negative connotation, especially when you're uh, attaching to uh, black women, even specifically. So I'll say feedback, radical feedback. Yeah. Right. It's something for, you know, we have a hard time uh, distinguishing between uh, people maybe disagreeing with uh, our idea yeah. or our behavior versus who we are like as you said our being it's like well just try to listen to what it is that this person is actually saying it, it's the idea that they are trying to unpack it is your behavior that they are breaking down it actually has nothing to do with you as the person but this is a learning moment for you because that idea right can build and give way to new ideas as you mentioned and that behavior can be modified depending on the person and the situation. But you, I love you. Right. As a as a spirit moving through this world and, and enjoying this thing we call life, I love you. Right. But these ideas, these some of these actions, this behavior, we need to have a, a call it in to talk about some of these. So yeah. I'm so I'm so glad that you talked about that and that distinction. Cause I actually don't think that gets talked about enough. It's like we still love you. We yeah. love you. Yeah. Right. Like at the core of who you are, your spirit. Yeah. What what's waking Lisa Yancey up in the morning? <laughs> I'm serious. What What's motivating you to keep going? Just because the amount of I mean, the amount of work that you're doing. But let's even move the work piece aside. The amount of love that you are giving yeah. out, because thinking about some of the things that we've even talked about, you know, over the course of uh, the interview today. The amount of love that you have for your family, that you have for your friends, that you have for your ancestors, uh, the amount of love that you have for uh, for black people and for all people. And, you know, and the belief that you have, you know, I can hear it in like in your responses. You have an overwhelming optimism that we as humans can get there if we work together, if we decide to work together. What's motivating you? What's motivating you to get up in the morning and keep going with that that beautiful spirit? Thank you. Um, well, I will let me say this because uh, Australian Aboriginal brilliant sage artist Lilla Watson has said, and I believe in this and got it, and it's and it's connected to one of the things that's literally getting me up in the morning this morning in this season. Um, is that if you have come here to help me, um, you're wasting your time. But if you've come here because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. Fully, fully believe that. I fully. So it's not everybody. Like you need to recognize that your liberation is bound up with mine. That we that we got shared stakes in the outcome. That we have shared risks that we have to take. That this isn't charity. This isn't philanthropy. This is recognition that if I don't do my part of this work with, then we all are going to have net negative outcomes as a result of that. So I want to hold that is that if you ain't there unapologetically, you ain't tried. Like you ain't an accomplice on this mission. 
right? And I'm 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 in that that camp, and I'm definitely in the camp about black folks. I am unapologetic about that particular piece. Um, and any um, community that has experienced systemic marginalization based on an identity that I I connect to. That is the purpose of our work. And that is certainly the purpose of the being. The thing that's getting me up these days in the morning, one, I'm grateful for breath. After going through what we've been going through with this pandemic, I don't take breath for for granted. Um, I would also say we are working on a project called We Are Bound, which actually the name was inspired um, from Lil Watson uh, around artist relief and excavating the story of what happened in 2020 when um, a coalition of seven organizations came together who didn't even really know each other that extended into a tribe of others who showed up for a single mission. And that mission was to support artists and get money into their hands, $5,000 to be specifically, as unobtrusively as possible without having to read little trauma within the bounds of compliance of the ability to give relief. And so what's getting me up in the morning these days is it's being able to honor and tell those stories with my colleague, Kelly Lane, um, and telling it in a way that captures the, they gave so much of themselves, the, 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 the sacrifice so much of themselves and their families and their time to create something that didn't exist the day before it started being envisioned and then manifest into something within nine months. And so telling that story in a way where you not only understand it in your head, but you feel it in your heart and then feeling it in your heart helps you convert who and how you are and how that actually can be and will be um, a, a catalyst for a broader systemic change on disparities of the economics around um, artists and creators. And so that these ideas and developing and working to honor those stories that were shared with us while also extending it into recommendations that could have systemic change uh, in the future is what's getting me up these days in the morning. And I'm looking forward to the birthing of this baby because it totally is a baby right now in the coming weeks. Um, it'll be at the We Are Bound site. Um, but that's really getting me up these days in the morning. It's been uh, over a year of, of doing this particular work and we're about to punctuate this phase of it because the real punctuation is if the change happens. Uh, it's not just in telling the story. So that's what's getting me up right now. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I, I guess along with that, is there anything else that you might be currently working on that you would like to, to share with the audience? Anything um, like if they, if they wanted to uh, meet Lisa in person or... <laughs> get involved or volunteer or donate to something that you might be doing, uh, anything you would like to share? I just say, love yourself first. <laughs> like love yourself first, ask yourself and ask others who you're around, what's giving them joy. So that, cause we do, we, we live in the work so much. And it's one of the persons in the conversations we had around, we are bound named that there's always an accounting on the body and that we don't give enough time for that accounting on the body. So be profuse, be abundant in the love of yourself and others um, would give me joy 
as a as a takeaway. Um, if you want to follow what's happening with We Are Bound, you can look that up if, if you want. I mean, that would be great. It'll be great for because it's gonna it's we work that's that's come that's to come of this, right? And so it's still in development. Um, I think the site might be up that lets you if you want to sign up and it'll let you know when the, when it opens and as we add additional content. Um, but our mission is transformation towards just equitable thriving society. So we get to work with incredible people only. So everyone, there's not a single project. Everyone's work follows through a filter of, are we doing something that can have generational impact to lead to just equitable thriving society? And we look at it through five filters of economics, systemic, visibility, leadership development, and environment. And that environment is both social and um, terrestrial. And so there isn't just a one project. We are bound. It's very present on me right now because it is where I'm spending most of my time. Um, But I will say that all of the partners that we get to work with, we are incredibly grateful because we are all accomplices and and abolitionists abolitionists towards just equitable thriving societies. And we're doing it in, in a multitude of ways. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. Um, how can, how can people follow you, follow you and your work? Um, that is a thing, huh? I would, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm a nerd. I am like, I'm so a nerd, but I guess a way to fall if you want, if you are so inspired, thank you. And I'm honored. Um, I'm very accessible. Lisa Yancey with an E, um, L-I-S-A-Y-A-N-C-E-Y. On any of the social mediums, I am there. You can find me there. And uh, we're building out, um, we, i.e., grateful for the team that's growing, (laughs) who's focusing on that area because my nerdy self is in books. Uh, But building out more connecting what Yancey Consulting does uh, around um, our project. So you'll be able to follow that. But Lisa Yancey in any of the social media spaces, I'm there and completely accessible. Well, Lisa, thank you again for coming on. Um, anytime I get to spend like a moment with you, it, it reminds me of uh, Dr. Bayo Komalafe, uh, who says, because the work is urgent, we must go slow. You, you always inspire me to just to slow down uh, in order it, well to slow down, but also to work together. Um, in order for us to move forward. And so thank you. Thank you for for living that, for being a model of what slow work really means and and how it can be utilized as a tool for uh, for progress. So thank you, Lisa. You're amazing. Um, You are amazing. It's the only way to sustain, right? It's the only we got to take care of ourselves hmm. for the long term, for the future generations, for the now. This urgency is part of white supremacy. It is a false construct because when you think about time, Time is, doesn't fall into those bounds. We look at centuries, millennia. So we are part of that story. But urgency that, that deprives us of breath, mm. that's, not, that's not for us. So I'm glad to share and model that. Well, thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. You have just listened to another episode of Fluency with Dr. Darrell Cooper. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please be sure to follow us on all major streaming platforms as well as on all of our social media channels for Cultural Innovation Group and Darrell Cooper. 
And remember, the journey to liberation starts with loving yourself. And those are doctor's orders.